and welcome to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. And right now, you're listening to Paul Moore here with Herman Eben. And Herman, we have been talking about the problem and the four mistakes. Right. We have covered three of the mistakes so far. We've covered the problem also. It's time to talk about the fourth one. Actually, time to pray. (laughs) Lord, we thank you so much for your grace. Thank you so much for the truth. Thank you so much that we have so much to be thankful for. I pray that we are more thankful on a regular basis in your precious name. Amen. Amen and hallelujah. So the problem and the four mistakes. The problem and the mistake, I'm the problem, and the mistake's thinking I'm going to get better. That's right. Most of the time we have that tendency to uh, ignore the problem, but let's cover that again because it's so important. The problem is the baby, that we call it the baby. And what does a baby want? A baby wants everything about themselves. They want every bit of attention. They want everybody to pay attention to them and everything that they want. That's the baby. That's the way the problem typically manifests itself in the way that we operate with each other. We're constantly saying, after all, it is all about me. That's the problem with every relationship. We all think that everybody is supposed to be making us happy. When we have this problem, it typically manifests itself in multiple ways. And we just put together four mistakes that have a tendency to cover the majority of the realm of where people make their mistakes in a relationship. The very first one was you operate on opinion and emotions. It's what we call the politician. The second mistake is what we call the victim. You tend to keep the past in the present. And then the third mistake is what we call the actor. And that means you're wearing a mask. You're not letting other people see who the real you is. And that brings up a great quote from our, from our mentor, Robert Fritz, who says it takes two real people to have a real relationship. And that's crucial for us to pay attention to that simple little quote. If we are wearing a mask, if we're trying to act like somebody that we actually aren't, then we don't have any way for another person to have a real relationship with us because we're not being a real person in that relationship. Okay, and if I've missed any of these, I can go to the website, greatrelationships.com, gr8relationships.com. I can listen to the previous broadcast. Or if I want to dig deeper, I can find this in material in Chapter Five, the first section of chapter five. In the videos. In the videos. Also in the study guide. So again, the problem, making things about me. The four mistakes is demonstrating how am I making it about me? Good. That's exactly right. And that brings up that standard statement that we've said so many times of uh, the question that I used to ask myself, am I making this about me? When I was irritable, depressed, upset, restless, discouraged, any of those type of things, I used to ask, am I making this about me? And when I finally got tired of uh, realizing that every time I was objective, I was going, yeah, I am making this about me. (laughs) I just changed the question to, how am I making this about me? Because <laughs> I am. It's just, how is it showing up this time? But Herman, I rarely do, and I can justify that. That's exactly what we think. We are looking at a situation, and we can easily rationalize our behavior in every, every type of situation. So let's talk about this fourth mistake. This fourth mistake is what we call the dictator. And by the way, what typically happens, we had mentioned this in the past, yes, you do have these four mistakes. It's not like you will typically just do one of them. You may, like I do, 
have a tendency to do at least two of them, and you may do multiples of them. Great. So the mistakes are like a pizza. I have different toppings. I may have more than one. That's a great picture. That's exactly right. You can put more than one topping on this problem pizza. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. And the mistake that we're getting ready to talk about is probably the one that I manifest the most. It's kind of built into my wiring, and if I'm just into my sin nature, this is the one that's going to show up. By the grace of God, it doesn't show up as much. Praise God for that. But this dictator, if you want a little, the little phrase that we use, it's trying to change others. Now, that that doesn't seem to be that big of a deal to a lot of folks. Uh, no, because if people would change, I'd be happy. I can give you lots of examples. That's exactly what they the have mindset. Done to me. And at the same time, the way that you said that, people go, well, yeah, that's kind of bad. But at the same time, we do look at other people and they do need to change, right? They have bad behavior. They're not operating the way that they really need to operate. Herman, I got cut off and almost run over while they were texting. They had 20 items in the 10 item lane. Yeah. That's ex- Shall I go on? That's, that's exactly right. So when we say we try to change others, a lot of times, if you just leave it with that statement, it's a matter of, well, what's wrong with that? Don't they need to be changed? Don't they need to have better behavior? Don't they need to consider life differently? Don't they need to be thinking differently? Yes, maybe so. But that is the problem, ultimately, with this particular mistake. You can't really change other people. No matter how much you try, you really can't do it. And that's one of the biggest difficulties that we face when people are in addictions, when there's alcoholism and drug addiction, those type of things. We have these interventions and we're trying to make the person change. They're never going to change unless they want to change. They're never going to change unless they actually make the choice to change. And that doesn't mean that you don't necessarily bring it up and hope, pray, and encourage, and sometimes exhort and rebuke. That isn't what I'm saying. But don't take it on that it's your job to make them change. It's not your job. So you want me to get rid of this Junior Holy Spirit t-shirt? Absolutely, because that is the t-shirt that you wear with this mistake. (laughs) (laughs) It comes with the kit, right? It comes with the kit. That's exactly right. So here you go. We can go to the costume store and write, it's it's which mistake are you? (laughs) That's right. And that Junior Holy Spirit t-shirt is something that I would have a tendency to wear in the past. And what's so interesting about this mistake is that, as I said, people may be behaving incorrectly around you. And we want to bring that to their attention to get them to change. Maybe it's even for the best of intentions, just so they don't get run into a problem, just so they don't experience some bad consequences of that bad behavior. All of that's good. And I'm not saying that you don't point those things out. The issue is if you are trying to control them, and we'll explain why that becomes bad, if you're trying to control them, that actually creates a problem for you and for them that we don't want you to experience. But Herman, we live in a reckless world. Our society is crumbling around us. And if I don't take charge, we're going to get run over. Yes, and that is the very essence of why this mistake is so, so pervasive. We do live in a dangerous world. We do live in a world that has all sorts of bad characters in it and bad, bad situations. The problem is, if I am believing that I am the solution, that's going to lead me in the wrong direction. Okay, so let me recap real quick. 
the problems anytime I make things about me. Mm-hmm. The solution is about making things about other people. Pursuing their best. That's right. Patiently, kindly, sacrificially, unconditionally. Right. Ouch. But the problem You don't want me to say, am I making this about me? The question is, how am I making it about me? Right. And this problem pizza may have more than one topping. That's right. So the dictator is the mistake that we're talking about today, which is how that manifests. Mm -hmm. And that particular mistake manifests itself in you trying to change other people. And after the break, we can start unpacking this mistake a little bit more to understand why it's so difficult for people to understand that it is a mistake. Uh, There's so many people like me that have this tendency to think, well, there's nothing wrong with me pointing out and trying to control people and make them live correctly. Uh, We'll show you why that is such a big problem. Okay, and the other three real quickly? The other three, you operate on opinion and emotion. That's the politician, the victim, you keep the past in the present, and the actor, you wear a mask. That just doesn't sound like fun. Any of them. No, they aren't. The Lord has a solution for all of it, but you have to make a choice. It okay. always comes down to that. Well, then there you have it, the solution right after this. Again, the website, greatrelationships.com, gr relationships.com. Great quotes from God's Word for great relationships. If you extend your soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. Isaiah 58, verse 10. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You know how you're always praying for a sign from God? That you're meant to go to seminary? This is your sign. Seriously, I'm here to tell you about Grace, Grace School of Theology. It's free grace based. The professors are world class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means you don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down www.gsot.edu gsot.edu or call 877-476-8674 877-476-8674 Now get going! back you're listening to great relationships you might want to change the dial i don't know we're talking about the problem which is me or you (laughs) there you go (laughs) and the four mistakes which is how that problem manifests itself right not is it but how is it Mm -hmm. and the solution it's pursuing another's best patiently kindly sacrificially and unconditionally you know you've given me the problem and the four mistakes and i'm thinking in the solution 
there are four ways, and I just start with those, and that's just a whole nother spanking all by itself. Mm -hmm. But the problem, making things about me, solution, pursuing another's best, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, unconditionally. Right. The four mistakes, how it manifests itself. The first one is you operate on opinion and emotion. That's what we call the politician. As you can see, politicians are always seeking out opinions of people. So there, I'm either mind-reading or people-pleasing. Right, and you're using your emotions to try to control every one of these mistakes or trying to control people in some form. This fourth one that we're talking about today is very pointedly trying to control somebody, but I will be trying to control somebody with any one of these mistakes. So the first one is you operate on opinion or emotions. Second one is you are a victim, meaning you, you keep the past in the present. And then the third one is you're an actor. You wear a mask. You're not letting people see who the real person is. You will wear these masks to try to get people to uh, look at you in a, in a certain way. So now we're on to the fourth mistake. Which is the dictator. The so, dictator. So does this mean the control freak? Yes, it is. You, you can use that terminology because I am one. How? <laughs> I, I am a control freak. And what's so interesting about this is probably... The majority of people operate with this mistake in some form, and you don't realize that you're doing it because you have these best of an intentions to try to help somebody move in a different direction. And you don't realize that that is actually control. You're always, you may not be as blatant about it as I might tend to be. You're always looking for what's wrong so that you can fix it, so that people don't suffer the consequences of their mistakes, those type of things. But that is, that is uh, not the entire way that we end up controlling. We also control just by ending up thinking, well, that's just not good for them to do that. I want to help them think about life differently. Uh, that could be a form of control, but we'd have to talk about it. I have a scary question because I guess I suffer from this too because I seem to think or believe, sorry, that I have this innate ability to spot problems and resolve them. But I remember one time you were talking to me and you said, Paul, that's really fear. Mm -hmm. So and wait a minute. You mean this dictator, the control freak, is actually operating in fear, not this divine perceptive understanding of how to resolve things? Most of the time, this particular mistake is operating in fear. It's a fear of what we call imaginary negative consequences. And here's what I mean by that. The fear is based on what you think is going to happen and therefore you start acting as if it already has happened or is going to happen in a split second, even though it might be years down the road. And here's the common thing that you've heard me say before, the way that I experienced this and really helped me discover that I was operating in this mistake. My mentor was talking to me about my son when he was much younger and Basically, oh, hey, this is a good story, guys. You really got to listen. This is good. <laughs> and basically, he was. we were talking about, in part of the conversation, about why my son wasn't cleaning his room. And, and my mentor said, uh, so why is that such a big deal? And I said, well, because I believe in a biblical principle that if you're not responsible in small things, you probably won't be responsible in big things. And he said, so uh, then what's going to happen if he doesn't clean his room? Well, he probably won't be able to hold down a job, probably won't be able to even finish school. 
Uh, and then what's going to happen, Herman? Well, if he can't hold down a job, doesn't finish school, those type of things, he probably is not going to be able to take care of his wife and support a wife and a family. And then what's going to happen, Herman? Then he broke in and said, well, he's just going to die lonely and sad, isn't he, because he didn't clean his room. (laughs) (laughs) We're not projecting, are we? Yeah, no kidding. So I I laugh about it, as I say, but at that point in time, I cried because I realized how much I had been controlling not only Taylor, my son, but the the vast number of people that were around me. I was constantly trying to control them to prevent bad things from happening to them. But actually, that is a bad thing to be doing to somebody because it is the ultimate of all tyranny. C.S. Lewis, listen to this quote and see if if it might make sense. C.S. Lewis says this, of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. (laughs) (laughs) So I I have the best of intentions to help you do what's right. Well, actually, I'm removing freedom from somebody, and it creates a structure for them to rebel against you and not want to be near you so that you actually could help them do what's right. That's what's so strange about this particular mistake. We end up pushing and trying to control somebody, and yet what is the, what is the tendency of somebody being controlled? To rebel. To rebel. It's exactly right. But why do we do this? Because it literally sucks all the energy out of our life. I think you said it very well when you talked about the Junior Holy Spirit T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> because we have, this, we have this belief that what we are doing and how we're doing life is so much better than the people around us. And I know what's right after all because I am a smart person. That's what we're basically saying. And I've experienced this. You need to stop doing that. That some of that is going to sound totally okay, but the bigger biggest problem that we have, none of that is the way that God does His relationship with us. None of it. God is specifically saying to me, Herman, I'm totally in control of this entire world. I could make you become the type of godly man that I really would desire that you be. So we're back to that fundamental choice. We're back to the fundamental choice, and we're back to understanding that radically new relationships are done God's way, not our way. Radically new relationships are done from this viewpoint, which is God is saying, I could control you, but I'm going to give you the freedom for you to make your own choice. (laughs) Thank you for saying that, because... You've told me many times, we are not about fixing what's broke. We are about creating something new, radically new relationships. That's right. So as long as we're there, I want to try and do something else, and that's to put a word into the Webster's, you know, new cultural dictionary. You said fear of imaginary negative consequences. Yeah, that's what my mentor Robert Fritz calls it, uh, of of the typical structures, five typical structures that people tend to use. That is a particular way that we structure our life and we have this mindset of fear of imaginary negative consequences. Now, let me throw a quick, quick side in here. Uh, the side is, how can you know if it's an imaginary fear? Well, it's pretty simple. <laughs> and here's how you can know it's most likely an imaginary fear if it's in the future because <laughs> it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. That's, that's one simple way that you can know that you're probably operating in this structure of trying to control other people. You're operating in thinking that this action today will 
causally link, meaning it will definitely create this problem tomorrow. Well, that removes all sorts of additional decisions that can be made between now and even tomorrow. Yes, there is some possible high probability. It may even be a 99.9% chance that it'll happen tomorrow based on this action. But that little one-tenth of one percent is where the freedom resides. And that's the reason why it's so much more important to go, I want to share the truth with people. I want people to think about living life differently, but it's between them and God as to whether they're going to live their life according to what God wants. I'm here to encourage them to do that. I'm here to hope and pray for it. I am here to at times exhort, but it's probably not smart for me to immediately jump in and rebuke them. You started that sentence and you said it's between them and God, and I didn't hear that. I heard it's between them and me, and I'm here to be sure they do it. (laughs) That's the way we typically (laughs) operate. That's exactly right. And we have this mindset of trying to control things. Why are we trying to control? Why, why, why? I want to control them so that I can be happy. That's really what it boils down to, so that I can breathe again. Oh, they finally got their life back in order. Oh, thank goodness. That's really what's going on there. Thank you, Herman. And before we go, I want to invite you to drop us a line at Great Relationships, P.O. Box 51836. That's Post Office Box 51836, Midland, Texas, 79710. Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. Great definitions for great relationships. We have all asked, what is love? Love is pursuing the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Great definitions for great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R numeral 8 relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Welcome back. You're listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Because we think, we believe that it's right thinking, right relationships right Right now. now. Just the other day, I heard you talking about Galatians 5, 1 and 5, 13, that it's for freedom. 
mm-hmm. that we're set free, that Christ set us free for freedom and right. not to use this freedom to abuse others. Yet we joke when I say I'm running around in my junior Holy Spirit T-shirt. Yeah, we do. We really do. Because that is one of the typical ways this mistake shows itself. For instance, in the workbook, and you can go and watch the videos in uh, chapter five, go to great relationships, GR, the number eight relationships.com watch the videos related to this particular mistake and you'll see how this mistake shows up when we use God's word to beat somebody over the head with it. Here's an example that we use in the videos. For instance, if you're using the five whys and that's a common technique to try to get down to the root issue of what's going on, a woman might say something like this, my husband should love me like Christ loves the church. Well, that's good. That's what God is wanting, right? That is exactly what God is wanting. No problem there. No problem at all. She needs to, though, think about why she is saying that. So let's run through a speculative five whys. First why. Why do you want that? And her answer might be something like, well, God wants him him to love me that way. Uh, Second why. Well, why does God want that? Well, uh, it would be best for our marriage might be her answer. I'm still tracking. Mm -hmm. Third, uh, well, why would it be best? And she might answer, well, it would be easier to respect him. Uh, Fourth, why? Why would it be easier? He would be leading and acting as God desires. Still tracking, still good. Five, fifth, uh, why? Why does he need to lead that way? Her answer, I'm tired of doing all the work trying to respect him. (laughs) So anywhere along those whys, you might actually get to the real issue. And it wouldn't necessarily happen this way every time. You know, it went so nice. It was running down the rails just fine. But boy, when it jumped the track, it jumped. It jumped, didn't it? And that's the way we can look at our own life most often. And the one thing that you need to remember is most often when you're trying to control somebody, you are trying to get some benefit out of it, actually. That's really what's going on. Let's go back to my life. The typical example of my life in looking at my family and the people around me, specifically my family, whenever they weren't operating the way I wanted them to, yes, I did want them to change, but if I went through the five whys, at some point it'd come back because I don't want it to reflect on me. I don't want to be seen as somebody associated with people that do those type of things. But Herman, a control lifestyle prompts rebellion, doesn't it? It sure does. And that is the biggest aha that I would hope any control freak could actually gain an insight to. When you are trying to control somebody, when you're actually, even if you have the best of intentions, you're really wanting them to steer their life in a different direction if you are constantly trying to make that happen for their good you are setting up a structure that's basically following the statement that we've given to you so many times when control manipulation or domination is in a relationship at some point that relationship will become intolerable that's why i'm taking action Well, that's how we think 
but what we're doing is we're actually making it intolerable on the other person. We might have a lot of perseverance, and most of the time we junior Holy Spirits do have a lot of perseverance to really point out the wrong in everybody else's life, right? We're very judgmental. That's what really messed up Louie and I's relationship. Constantly judgmental toward her, constantly trying to point out how she needed to change, and in reality, a lot of it, not all of it, a lot of it was well-intentioned to try to prevent her from running into some dire consequences. But when I do that, all I am doing is sowing the seeds for rebellion. I'm actually pushing her away from me, and I am actually also making life intolerable for our relationship. She wants away from me, and I am But not... that's exactly what I don't want to happen, so what do you want me to do? The issue is you back away from this mistake, and you start recognizing, you know what? God looks at relationships totally different than I do. He looks at it in a way that is looking at me and saying, he accepts me. Here's a great statement that we adapted from R.C. Sproul. The heart of a relationship is to know others for who they are and still love, value, and accept them. Now, that's how God deals with me. He knows exactly who I am, and he still loves, values, and accepts me. And if I'm willing to do that for other people, I'm not going to be trying to change them. I'm going to be offering insights to them. I'm going to be hope, pray, and encourage, and sometimes exhort and rebuke. But I'm not going to be trying to point out that they're messed up and they need to get life changed. I'm going to be encouraging them to think about life differently, understanding they're free to totally ignore me, and I'm still going to pursue their best. That's a radically new relationship. Wow. Thank you. I just got to digest on this. Thank you, Herman. Thank you so very kindly. Again, the material is coming out of Chapter 5 in the Great Relationships material at our website, greatrelationships.com, grnumeratelationships.com. We can take the stress out of our relationships by making them great. And we're getting some good advice to do it. Behold, the Father is doing a radical new thing in us every day. Until next time. God bless you. How is your day going, Barbara? I can't even begin to tell you how terrific my life is right now. What a coincidence. My life is just overflowing with blessings, too. Why, just yesterday, I found a $100 bill on the ground. That's great. I saved a cat that was stuck in a tree, and the owner was so thankful that she gave me a gift card to my favorite restaurant, Luigi's. Wow. I was in Luigi's just the other day and saved a man that was choking with the Heimlich Maneuver. He was so overjoyed that he gave me tickets to that new play that's been sold out for weeks. That's amazing. I've been wanting to see that play myself. Really? I asked my husband and he didn't want to go. Will you go with me? That would be great. Days like this are too good to be true, but great relationships are possible. Join Herman as he offers you the opportunity to pursue the best for others patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.